Welcome Faith Promise globally, all of our campuses. Campbell, just about done with their renovation. Pastor Sid's done a great job and the volunteers. Anderson County, you can be at North Knoxville exploding their greatest year of growth. You could be at Blount County setting record attendance at 1,100 last week at our Blount County campus. Way to go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can be with us via the internet campus around the world, our missionaries, our friends, folks in the armed services. We're stoked. Just maybe you're a guest. Uh, you wanted to check us out. We're thrilled. Sit back, put your spiritual seatbelt on because you're about to get ready for a ride because God is going to do something because God is in the house. God is at work, and we are so grateful. We're about to crest over, I believe, soon. Could be today, 7,000 in attendance on the week. It'll be a new record. And, man, God is moving, drawing people. We are so thrilled. Next weekend, we start a mini-series for two weeks. We're gonna, we've called Embrace. It is about one anothering in the body of Christ. And, and part of that two, next two weekends, you'll have an opportunity to get connected to a small group if you're not in one because that's where you get one-on-one. -on -one. That's where you get discipleship, relationship. You get encouragement. You get support, accountability. So that's happening. So you'll have that opportunity if you're not already in a group. Groups are where faith comes to life. We come and we get together and we get inspired and motivated. We, God interjects in our life and moves as we gather for our large worship and then we gather around the table. Uh, we gather in circles and small groups and God transforms life. So that's happening. By the way, thank you guys. I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago. I don't remember I mentioned the offering. Hadn't mentioned it in a couple months. We don't take offerings and so I'll forget about the offering. And, uh, and, and man, the offering skyrocketed. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for offering to our God every week. Amen. You're not giving to me. You're really not giving it. Faith promise you give to God through God's house. And so way to go. Way to go. Last message in the series called Fast and Loose. If you are a first-time guest and you did not realize the topic of the weekend, I'm going to give you one more warning uh, we've been doing it through the series, but maybe we haven't done it today. If you do not want to have an extreme conversation on your way home, if you have a child in the room, uh, you got another couple minutes to go check them in the kids' ministry. If you choose to bring a child in and your child hears something that you think is inappropriate, do not email me. You shouldn't have brought them in the room. Amen. If you're mad, send all the hate mail to Josh Whitehead at faithpromise.org because he cares. I'm a Vulcan. I'm going to preach the word. We're going to open up a can of worms this weekend. We're going to get all up in some business this weekend. And so it's going to get rough in the house, going to be uncomfortable in the house. Listen, man, we want to comfort the uncomfortable and make the comfortable uncomfortable. And so, man, that's what we're about. All right, so we talked about two weeks ago, naked and unashamed, God's design for enemy sexuality in the family. Last weekend, who's in the marriage bed? About undefiled, the undefiling or the not defiling the marriage bed. And so it's been, it's been awesome. Now, I can always tell when God's moving. Our counseling department goes through the roof. Emails go through the roof. And I've been, matter of fact, I've already gotten emails about this weekend. I got, an, I've got, I got an email from a teenager, girl, I'm addicted to porn. Please pray for me. 
And so we're dealing, with, we're dealing with where people are. So this series has stirred up some repentance. Thank God when God's word cuts and convicts and we say, yes, God, I hear you. I repent. I'm going to go a different way. That honors God. It's also stirred up some anger and people mad. I love that too. Again, because, see, I'm a Vulcan, and I've been through Kolinar. It doesn't bother me when you're mad at me. It really doesn't bother me. As a matter of fact, I'm glad the Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you. I've at least got one verse right. The whole rest of the Bible, I've been missing. And so we make people mad, and I can deal with that. Because let me tell you why. It, the, the, see, church people are weird. Do you all know that? They're weird. And at Faith Promise, we deal with the raw and the, the raw and the real. Church people don't like the raw and the real. Church people want this ethereal bubble that doesn't really exist. And so they're not in the real world. They're too holy, too pure. They're oversaved, really. Oversaved. <laughs> oversaved. If you, yeah, I, I, no, well, don't even go there. I don't have time for that. And, and so, and so, like, I was blown. I was out of the country when the Supreme Court the Supreme Court made the decision to legalize gay marriage. I was completely shocked at the outcry with Christian social media. Where were they for the last 10 years? Did they not know that was going to happen? They were shocked. See, Christians put their head in the sand. They look up, get mad, curse the darkness, and put their head back in the sand. But every 10 years, they look around and say, oh, dear God, it's getting worse. And they go back in the sand. And so people want to come to church and want to know the dimensions of the Ark of the Covenant. They want to know how much brass did Solomon put in the bronze laver. They want to know, was it wheat or white bread on the table of showbread in the temple of God? They don't want to deal with stuff that we deal with seven days a week. Are y'all with me? So if faith promise, we're going to call it like God says it, and we're going to lay it out, and we're going to deal with it. Amen? That's what we're about. So get ready. Get ready. Spirit of the living God, would you fall fresh in, at every campus? We ask for a spiritual revelation a spiritual impartation of your word. God, we pray your word would be the sharp two-edged sword that you said it was in Hebrews that would cut between the thoughts and the intents. It would be a discerner between what's going on in our heart. Father, I pray that there'll be a clear path and that we will choose to obey you. So Spirit of God, we invite you in. We believe that you're going to move. God, I believe people will be saved this service. I believe people make commitments this service. We believe your will will be done in this service. We believe you're going to visit us in a supernatural way in this service. So we believe it and we receive it. And in Jesus' name we pray it. And all God's people said, Amen. give him some praise in the house.
Now be real, you never thought you'd hear that song at church. <laughs> but this is the deal. When Adam woke up from that surgery, when God took a rib and he woke up and there was a beautiful naked woman, you think Adam melted? Because I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> Amen? I, I, I just believe that's what he did. And so with a little, let's, let's get a little mood, a little mood melting going on here. I'm trying to help you, Bubba, work with me. Some of you not giving me much, but I'm, I'm trying to be a pastor, trying to help you. You know, the deal that God designed sexual intimacy in a marriage, and when it's good, it's good. And when we follow the biblical guidelines, when we follow what God designed and how God laid it out, man, life is good. But as good as good can get, when we go outside the biblical parameters and we begin to satiate our desires the wrong way, it can get as bad as bad can get, just like as good as good can get. Does that make sense? And so uh, it's, it's intimacy, biblically, it's not about adrenaline. It's about intimacy. It's not about intensity. It's about, it's about intimacy. And so what we've got to be careful is allowing the world to color what we believe sexual intimacy should be in the marriage bed. So God gives us biblical guidelines Biblical boundaries. You ever seen kids bowl and, and they got gutter guards in? You ever seen that? Yeah. See, they can't throw a gutter ball. The gutter the ball bounces back and forth, but, but, you know, they put them in so the little kids can bowl and it won't, it won't go out of bounds. Well, that's what this Bible is. And so if, you will, if you'll operate inside the biblical boundaries for your protection and your provision, it'll be better. Because, see, we have to trust that God is a good God. Do y'all believe God is good? And so God didn't put things in as it didn't to kill, kill joy and make you miss something. 
And so what we've got to be careful is not necessarily satisfying all of our desires or satisfying all the empty promises that the world makes, but staying within the guideline God's, God has given us. Last week, we talked about the marriage bed being undefiled in Hebrews 13, 4. Well, let me tell you, to, to defile the marriage bed deforms the family. And this is what's going on in America today. And so when the family is functioning, let me just give you a thought, and we're going to talk about when the family is functioning as the father designed it, it's awesome, isn't it? When the family's functioning right, a boy learns to love what will be his future wife by watching his father love his mother. A girl learns to love her husband in the future by watching her mother love her dad. When there's intimacy, when the family is functioning, the family is the best place in the world to be. When the family is not functioning, when the family is faltering, there is no worse place to be because there's abuse. There's all this stuff that goes on. As a matter of fact, you take the worst cities in America to live in by any measure you want, high school dropout, teenage pregnancy, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, uh, unemployment, uh, incarceration, uh, all, the, all the ways you measure a city and the worst cities in America, they all have one thing in common. There's not many dads in the house. Every city. You don't, have to, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess what's going on. You look. And the fracturing of the family fractures the foundations. When the foundations are destroyed, what's the righteous to do? And let me tell you a huge part of fracturing the family. If you're listening, say I am. I am. Sexual sin. Abuse created divorce, created the sex slave industry, created pornography, prostitution, all the stuff that's going on out there that is destroying the family. It's, it's, it's a God-given desire gone haywire, which is lust. And we looked at Hebrews 13, 4 last week about the marriage bed. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So I'm going to give you two things I want to ask you to choose. Are you, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Number one, choose purity, and I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. And number two, choose love. Now, I was praying this week, and one of the things that I thank God for, one of the many things that I thank God for every day in my prayer time, is I thank God for loving me. You ever thank God for loving you? Because, see, I remember when God found me where I was, and there wasn't much lovely or lovable about me. Does that make sense? Now, maybe you're just way better than I was, and that's good. I can live with that. But there wasn't much lovable. And so what God did is God in his ultimate grace and mercy chose to love me. I didn't do anything for God to love me. God just chose to love me. Does that make sense? And Bible says because God is love and because God first loved us, we can love others. And so what Michelle has done as my wife, of 31 years is to choose to love me even when I'm unlovable. And I'm very grateful for that because there are many times I'm hard to love. When I was 15, I stayed out all night. I got home. My mom was screaming, yelling. I said, listen, I'm an adult. You don't tell me what to do. A lot of 15-year-olds are stupid. I was a stupid 15-year-old. Not the smartest 55-year-old, but I'm smarter than I was then. And she got so mad at me, she started smacking me. Wop, 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 wop. Well, I watched for a while. My mom weighed 90 pounds. She couldn't hurt anybody. And so finally, I grabbed one hand and grabbed the other, and tears began to roll down her face. And I'll never forget what she looked at me and said. She said, you won't let anybody love you. And I packed my bags, and I left as a 15-year-old. And so 
not very smart. And so as I look at my life, I'm better than I used to be, but you know what? There's a lot of times I'm just not lovable. I'm a Vulcan. I want to fix things. I want everything my way, and I believe that I'm right all the time. I just got that. I know it. I can't do much about it, but at least I realize it. I hope that makes Michelle feel better. <clears throat> and so, but, but that's the deal. But you know what? Michelle chooses to love me anyway. She chooses to love me when I'm unlovable. And because God first loved us, we who are Christ followers have been endued with the love of God, and we can choose to love others regardless of how they treat us. Your spouse, you can choose to cover and supernaturally saturate them with your love regardless of how they act. You say, but I'll run out. Not if you're a Christ follower. God will give you a double dose. He will baptize you in love every day and fill you to keep loving and loving and loving because that's what Jesus did. God is love. He fills us with love, and we're to love others. Do you all agree with that? Anybody in the house? All right. It's a deal. God, the world says, take care of yourself. God says, take care of the others. Take care of others. The world says, satisfy all your sexual desires regardless of what the Bible says. God says, obey my word and my supernatural blessings will chase you down. The world's promises are empty. The world is bait and switch, isn't it? It promises and it never delivers, but God's word is true and God is truth. See, God not, is not just a true teller. God is truth. He is incapable of lying. Just like God is love, God is truth. And so all of God's promises are yes and amen. That's why I pray God's promises. That's why when I read the word of God, I know it's for me and believe what God's going to do because this Christian walk is a walk of faith. Amen? So I want to challenge you today. I challenge you to purity. Now, this means different things if you're married or if you're single. So let me, get, let me break both those down. Are you ready? I'm about to mess you up. Y'all ready? Okay. This is to the students. This is to the unmarried. This is to those who were married or who, and who are now no longer married. This is what God says about purity. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. Finally then, brethren, we request and we exhort you and the Lord Jesus that as you have received from us instruction on how you ought to walk and please God just as you actually do walk. Way to go, he says. But that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For Listen, we'll get this next sentence. Read it with me. For this is the will of God. Ooh. This is the will of God. We get burned, my mood flame. Your sanctification that you're set apart, that is that you abstain from what? Now, if you missed last weekend, get it and get a free DVD or see it at all of our, refer at all of our resource centers. Go online, go to the New Faith Promise app. You get it all free. This is what we talked about last week, the Greek word pornea, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess, watch this, his own, your own vessel, that is the thing that's sitting in your chair right now, that you know how to possess your body, your vessel, in sanctification, set apart, and honor, that it has great value, highly esteemed, that, that you don't cheapen the vessel. Your vessel is a body of the Holy Spirit. You are not your own. You're bought with a price, and when you take your vessel and you bring it into sexual immorality, you cheapen the vessel. Are you with me? Come on. And so that's the deal. Not in lustful passions, Hollywood, like the Gentiles who do not know God. 
Now, do y'all think there's sexual sin in faith promise this week? Of course there is. And God said, that shouldn't even be named among the people of God. And that no man transgress or defraud his brother in this manner, because the Lord is the avenger of all these things. Just as we also told you and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of what? But in, so he who rejects this teaching is not rejecting man, but rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Is that strong as boar's breath? Man, that is right. That is, for, that is for those that are not married. Stay sexually pure. Get off pornography. Man, get off. Watch the television. Watch the music. Watch what you're listening to. The Bible says to don't, don't light the flame of love before it's time. So don't be putting that stuff in. If you're dating, stay pure. Tell him to keep his grimy hands off. You're going on a date. Take your Bible, let between you, and tell him he's got to climb over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to get to you. <laughs> Amen? And listen, if that's not good enough for him, what will he do after he is married if he doesn't want to sexually appear before he is married? So if he's a peckerhead before, he'll be a peckerhead afterwards. So it's fourth and long, punt his sorry butt to the curb, ladies. Now, guys, guys, we live in a world where chicks are chasing now. And so here you are, a young man trying to stay pure. You get those booty calls at school? What's he talking about? Yeah, I know, man. You got your head in the sand. Wake up, Christian. Get it out. The average age of a first view of pornography in America is eight. Eight. Eight years old. Eight, the first view of pornography. It's unbelievable what this culture is doing. And so the girls now are chasing guys. You want to be a man of God? You want to listen. You, she's pursuing you. You kick her butt to the curb too. You be a man of God. You don't have to date. You just date Jesus. You don't need to go out with that. And listen. If you're 45 and you say, but wait, Pastor, wait, I, I used to be married, I had sex, and now, I, you know, I'm divorced, but I can have sex. It's good. You know, students shouldn't. Did that verse say it's for 12 to 18-year-olds? <laughs> no, it didn't. It's for believers who are not married to kids know how to possess their vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, for the married, for the married. First, as a matter of fact, if you've been on the Bible reading plan, we just read this a couple of days ago, 1 Corinthians 7. I love this passage. <laughs> I have this been memorized for decades. I quote this to Michelle regularly. <laughs> the wife does not have authority over her own body. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, the, but the husband does. <laughs> Woo! She says, no. I said, better give me my body. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife does. So husbands, quit saying you have a headache. You say, I've never said that. I just see if you're awake. But the wife does. Stop depriving one another. In the Greek that says, get busy having sex if you're married. In the Greek, I mean the deep things of God right here. You know, y'all don't even know, some of you guys are going to be biblical scholars in Corinthians before this is over. 
Stop depriving one another. Don't use sex as a weapon. Don't use sex as a tool to punish. Don't, man, don't deprive one another because if you don't meet your mate's sexual needs, somebody is willing and able to do it for you. Trust me, they're willing. Stop depriving one another except by agreement for such a time. You know, so that you may devote yourself to prayer. You may choose to fast sex. I choose, I'm fasting food. <laughs> oh, help me, don't say that. If you knew what would get through my mind while I was preaching, y'all would fire me as the pastor. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to fast food, but I'm not fasting Michelle. So devote yourself to prayer that you may come together again and get after it in the Greek so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So if you're unmarried, stay pure. If you're married, get after it. But only with your spouse. Amen? It's a great deal. It's the way God designed it. It's what God had in mind. And so are you with me? And so that, that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to stay sexually pure. That doesn't mean no sex unless, except, unless you're married. Now, lust is a God-given desire that's gone haywire. Now, I got a lot of emails, like I said, in this series. I can tell counseling levels have gone up. Ann leads our counseling ministry, told me. But I've gotten some odd emails in this series. And let me tell you a series of emails that I've gotten from people. Because Hillsong is a very, we, Michelle and I go, we know some of the leaders at Hillsong, so we go there annually. And a few weeks ago, it came out that there was a gay worship leader at the Hillsong campus in New York. As a matter of fact, that worship leader got married to his lover. And so, and so people started emailing me and said, hey, Hillsong had a gay worship leader. Does that mean we're going to have gay worship leaders? To which I say, if you are new, that's an okay question. If you're not new, why would you ask me that stupidity? <laughs> Have you ever heard me preach? Do you listen? No. Matter of fact, listen, quit reading what preachers sin and say about other preachers. Get off the stinking internet about what everybody says about somebody else. <laughs> Crap. Because I hope if you read what's said about me on the internet, you don't believe it. Because if you read what's said about me, I'm a hell-bent, hell-bound, demon-filled, lukewarm, lackadaisical, watered-down gospel guy who's building a cult. That's what is said about me. I hope you don't believe that. I don't read that because I don't read what people say about me, good or bad. Because see, you want to believe the good and not believe the bad. You got to believe both, so I don't believe either. So I read my Bible. I don't read what people say about me. And so this is the deal. You, so people go online and read. Now, as far as Hillsong, as soon as it came public that that worship leader was gay, they found out they took him off the stage. And he'll never be on the stage. But this is, this is not about Brian Houston because Brian Houston's a big boy. He could take care of himself. This is actually about us. Because, see, what the church does is we hammer the sins that we're not tempted by. So we won't meet. Listen, if I was jumping up and down about, about homosexual sin and gay marriage, everybody would clap. Woo! Yeah! Get them! See, that's not our problem. Our problem is heterosexual sin. Our problem is that as many of y'all that had adultery this week, as many of you viewed porn this week, as many of you committed adultery this week, as many people are in the wrong marriage bed this week, that's our sexual sin, gang. We have a few people that struggle with same-sex issue, but of the 7,000 people here this weekend, the bulk of them that can't keep their zipper up, it's hetero, not homo. 
And see, we love to hammer what we're not weak at. So we love to hammer that other stuff. But in fact, let me tell you what I believe is your pastor. We'll go old school here. I believe that sexual sin at Faith Promise Church is grieving the heart and the spirit of God. I believe it's quenching what God wants to do. Sexual sin is grieving the spirit. And let me, let me just ask you as just base levels I know how to ask you. Are you going to allow the need to have an orgasm Block and hinder the power of God in this congregation because you can't keep your zipper up or you can't keep your passion down. Will we miss the miraculous? Will we miss revival? Will we see people lost and go to hell? Will we miss the power of God? Will we miss the favor of God because we can't stay sexually pure? Come on, church. Choose purity. Choose the word of God. Choose the way of God. Now, are you with me? See, it's a peanut in the nut game moved around. Yeah, let's, let's hammer the gay stuff. Let's hammer that. Well, don't hammer that. That's not your issue. That's not your deal. You can't, keep, you can't turn your eyes when the Victoria's Secrets commercial comes on. Victoria has no secrets. <laughs> They're all out there for everybody to see. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said this, peace is possible, but purity at all cost. Church, I'm begging you, man. I'm begging you to choose purity because God wants to do something. And we let our sexual sin hinder the spirit of God, hinder what God wants to do in saving some of your family member and healing people that need to be healed, you know, that our sin would grieve and quench the spirit of God. So students, if you're single, man, listen, stay pure. Nobody ever kept their virginity in marriage and regretted it. But I know tons of people gave their virginity and went in the backseat of a car, and they lived to regret that because that peckerhead is not who they married. Are you with me? Are you out there? Okay, I read a story. I may have told this. It's in my files. It's going through files. His dad had a fifth and sixth grade boy, and they, they go to tell their dad, Dad, we want to go see this movie. They knew what he was going to ask. What's it rated? PG-13. You can't go. Dad, we've researched it. There's almost no cussing. There's very little nudity. 98% of the movie is good. Come on, Dad, let us go. Not happening, boys. They stomp upstairs mad. Their dad wouldn't let them go. All their friends are going. A couple hours later, they smell brownies baking in the kitchen. And one brother says to the other, Dad feels guilty if he didn't let us go to the movie. Come on, let's run down there. They go in the kitchen. Dad is taking the brownies out of the oven. And, man, the whole kitchen smells good. He said, boys, I'm so sorry. Man, I break these scratch organic. These, man, these brownies are great, and I'm sorry. He cuts, and he ends up both the piece. He said, and as you guys eat them, there's a secret ingredient in those brownies. Well, Dad, what ingredient's in there? Don't worry about it. It's all organic. Don't, don't worry about it. No, it's 98% pure. There's only 2%. It's not, go ahead and eat it. No, Dad, what's in it? No, really. No, Dad, what's in it? Well, I went in the backyard, and I got one tablespoonful of dog poop. And I put in those brownies. And they're <laughs> spitting, man, wiping their hands off. You know what we do as a church? We eat poop brownies. So let me ask you a question. What percentage of poop in your brownies is okay? <laughs> it's five, good with you. One turd, it's five, good with you. 
No? Four. How about one percent of turd? Is that good? A quarter percent poop? Is that good? I don't want any poop in my brownies. Quit going out there and eating the poop of the world when God's got better for you. Let's be the people of God. Let's be pure. So next time you're on a date and that guy tries to put his hand where it ought not say, I ain't eating poop. Get away from me, chump. You dog poop looking turd. Get out of my car. You liked that, didn't you? Oh, don't say that, Chris. You want to have great sex? You want to have a great family? Get planted in the house of God. Get planted in the house of God. Psalms 92. We're going back to January. The righteous man, this is our theme for the year. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of God. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit. In old age, they shall be full of sap and very green. You want the favor of God? Don't be a spiritual nomad. Get planted in the house of God. Get roots down in the family of God. Quit leaving every time you get mad or every time I say something that bothers you. Listen, I can, lead, I can listen to 20 years of preaching I've done here. I don't agree with everything I said. I love my wife, and I don't agree with everything she believes. And so get planted in the house. Will I make you mad? Yes, it's my job to make you mad. Will I make you uncomfortable? Yes, in Jesus' name, I hope to make you uncomfortable. I'm going to keep pushing and driving and moving. But don't pull up and cut your roots and go try to get planted in another house. Get planted in the house. Are you with me? Because the, the favor of God flows out of his house. I look at our staff, half of them, their parents helped form this church. And they've grown up, and the favor of this house is on their family, and the favor of God now has rolled into their kids, and now their kids are leading ministries all across every area we have of this church. So let me wrap this whole series up. There's a lot of things we could talk about sexually. We can talk about intimacy and all that kind of but. I want to leave you with this thought. There is one aspect of this that is mis that's mysterious that we can never put our... Let's go back 3,500 years to the wisest man that ever lived. Solomon said, there are four things I don't get. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the middle of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid, uh, the ma a maid, a virgin, a newlywed. I don't get the way of a man with a maid. Now, this guy had 700 wives and 300 shackups, 1,000 women at his house. He should get it. But he said, I don't understand the way of a man with a maid. It was a mysterious act. Go to, now let's fast forward 1,500 years. And Paul says in Ephesians 5, because we are members of his body, the church, we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two should become one flesh. This what? Solomon said it, and then Paul said it. There's a mystery to this husband-wife thing, to this intimacy. There's a soul. There's a spiritual connection. Is a mystery is great. And then he said, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and his church because he's just finished a poignant paragraph about how wives are to treat their husbands, respect their husbands, the husbands do the spiritual lead in the house. Then how the husbands are to love their wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for, having washed her from any spot or wrinkle that he may present himself a bride without blemish. And so we are, we, the husbands are to care for, literally be willing to lay down their lives for their wives and the wives are to respect and honor. And, and so then Paul comes back around and he likens the mystical union of man and a woman to the mystical union between us and the Lord and the church. 
Two things God loves, the church and the family. He made both of them. Now, the church is not perfect, but if you want a, if you want a great family, get planted in the house. Amen? Is the church perfect? Is the family perfect? Is the pastor perfect? And if you join, we'll be less perfect. <laughs> Amen? Because you're going to come in with your brokenness. We all walk in with some brokenness. It's okay. That's why we're better together. And the favor of God flows from his house. And so I want to challenge you, man, get planted in the house. And let the favor of God well up in your life and do things you never dreamed. Now, some of you have been here one week, two weeks, three weeks, and you're full of shame and guilt because maybe your background was like mine. Maybe it wasn't half as bad. My, my background was bad enough for all of us. I was a whoremonger, drug dealer, and a dope addict. I ruined people's lives. But you know what? I don't walk around with shame and guilt because the blood of Jesus still works, and the gospel is still good news. Still good news. It's still good news. And so... I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how badly you've messed up. The blood of Jesus is so powerful, it will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if you're a believer, 1 John 1.9, confess to God, forsake it, he'll, he'll forgive you. But many of you are here, and, man, you grew up in church, and, man, church just turned you off. Again, it was that weird bunch that never dealt with anything real, and you've been coming, and, man, God's knocking on the door of your heart, and you're ready to begin a relationship with Jesus. He's ready. That's why he came to earth. That's why he died on a cross. That's why he rose from the grave. So with every head bowed, if you're ready, we're going to pray a prayer with you. And we're going we're gonna to offer ourselves up to God. And we're going to pray this with you. It's not a magic prayer. But it is you opening your heart up to God. And so right now, we're just going to pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I've blown it. My sins are piled high. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my master. I will serve you. You died for me. By faith, I choose to follow you. I choose purity and I choose love. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Give him praise in the house. People are saved. Now, in every other seat, there's a card that says FP Marriage and Family Classes. If you want to be number one in the art of marriage, that is for those of you that are dating, nearing, or you're engaged, or you're newlywed. Now, listen, this is what Micah did, my son. It was a brilliant move. When he was dating Joy and thought they might want to get married, they went to pre-engagement counseling. Because this is what people do. They date, they get engaged, they set a date, they go to the pastor for premarital counseling, right? After six sessions, the pastor looks and says, the worst mistake you could ever make is getting married. Of which everyone says, no, they hold up a finger, but it's not a thumb. And they say, we'll go somewhere else. Nobody, nobody says, we'll follow your advice. We'll go somewhere else. So what Micah did is they went to counseling with Pastor Chuck and Emily before they decided to get engaged. And then after that, he told Micah, man, you guys, you guys seen them, would make a great couple. If you want to move forward, it'll be great. He goes to Jack, asks for Joy's hand in marriage. He, invite, he asked, uh, which is one of the smartest things he ever did was propose to Joy. 
And then she said yes, and they got married, and man, we love Joy, and we love her whole family. It's a wonderful thing. So if, you're just got, if you didn't get premarital counseling, you're, you're around that, sign up for that. Number two is for uh, smart step families. Can I tell you something? If you're listening, Sam, if you are a step family, you are not second class. You are first class in Jesus' name. Do not believe that there's something wrong with you if you're in a blended family. Don't believe that live Lucifer. But. There are some unique problems that step families bring. Like you love your kids more than my kids. You ever heard that? You give your kids more than you give my kids. And I don't know, no, no. And let me tell you, the kids will, will create, the second marriage will create a divorce. Because if you're not a united front, your kids will win. Yeah, and listen, if you're not, you can be a first marriage and your kids can win. So if you want to learn better, have smart step families, fill that out, put it in the offering boxes. Hey, has it been good to be in the house of God this weekend? Come on, man. So if you gave your heart to Jesus, if you'll fill that card out, drop in the offering box, or you can go to the next steps, people out there to help you. You want to sign up for the men's and women's events, man, you can sign up out there. Don't forget to leave your tithes and offerings. Walk this week in love and purity in Jesus' name. Be back next weekend. Planted in the house.